Hey runners, welcome to Run Chat, episode 2. I'm Billy, and with me is John and Brian, and we're going to talk about uh, the New York City Marathon, or just marathons in general this episode, and pre-race planning. Right, sounds good. We're a week and a half out, and let's just start by talking about what should runners do the next week and a half before the marathon. I mean, we know we're tapering. Some people know what that means. Some people just know that they shouldn't run their ass off this week. Yeah, what should we be thinking? You can't get much fitter between now and and, and, and race Sunday for New York. But you can get uh, you can do more damage than you good. Could get more injured. Yeah. So yeah. I would uh, like to not get more injured. That would yeah, be bad. So that's that's the goal. So you could screw up your race, but you can't really help it uh, as much as far as getting fitter. So the idea is most folks are just coming off their longest run and some of their highest weekly volumes. Uh, maybe last week might have been their first week. Of their taper, tapers typically anywhere from two to three weeks of so just bringing down your mileage, bringing down your long run. This weekend coming up, most folks are running anywhere from eight to twelve. A lot of folks will run the last ten miles of the course if you're running New York. Um, but yeah, the key is just getting your legs back underneath you, recovering. It's easy to panic and feel like you're losing fitness, and because you're used to doing twenty mile runs. So well, that's what I'm doing, panicking. Oh yeah, well, if you've been injured during the season and now you're wondering where you're at, then I mean, what's your advice for somebody like that? Billy's run the marathon several times before, so he knows what to expect. But if somebody's coming off an injury, what advice do you have if they feel like they're not totally trained yet? Yeah, I get this question all the time. Um, again, you're not going to cram in to get your training, especially oftentimes if you're coming off an injury and you're and you're fully healthy, that's good, but you're obviously lost training. So you hmm. can't cram in and miss and get in the training you missed. Oftentimes people, their injury is better, but not 100%, so they can run. And it's really, you just have to kind of rest as much as possible. You might want to get a couple of shorter runs in to maybe check your pace and to kind of get, you know, break in some shoes. But you really have to adjust your goal that you might have had in the beginning of your training cycle. And that's not easy to do. If you're trying to break four or Boston qualifier or, or whatever, your goal was it's tough to continue on that race day and without having that same goal. So you really have to kind of enjoy the race, slow your pace up, and have a different goal for that day. Um, versus sticking to that goal from that you had on day one of your training. And again, that's easier said than done. And I think pretty much all of our advice in this episode and our next episode or two coming after this before the marathon is a lot of questions I've heard about it. Whether you have a time goal or it's your first time and you just want to have fun or you just want to finish, I feel like a lot of the advice really would be a little bit different at least. I mean, the course is the same course, but depending on how hard you're going to run – if you want to get BQ, if you want to get under four hours or under five hours, I feel like that might be a different approach than if you're just like, I'm here to finish. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's New York's a great course to just have fun because of the all the bands, all yeah. the activity, all the fans, the different boroughs, stuff to look at. Um, but it's really just holding back and enjoying the experience and, and not focusing so much. So if you're able to do that, it's actually, it actually can be a pretty enjoyable day. Uh, not to be negative, but if you are coming off an injury, you do probably want to have a plan B as far as if, if you decide that plan you, Billy, you get to uh 10 plan or 15 Brian. miles and you're like my knee that, or my Achilles that was giving me issues that it might've gotten better because you've rested kind of comes back and haunts you. You can of course walk the rest and still finish and that's fine too. Yeah. But it, it's, 
probably wise to have a plan of like have my metric card in my pocket or a couple bucks or if I have my cell phone on me, uh, a phone or friend to make sure that uh, you're not caught stranding on the course with no plan of action or you're you're tired and you're miles between and you're on the Queensboro Bridge and what happens now. So not to have you know negative um, thoughts, but be prepared for several different results that day, whether it's the slower time or having to actually drop out, which, you know, happens from time to time. Yeah, I'm fully on board with a slower time for me for this year. Last year, I had my best time. This year, I think that this is my eighth New York City marathon. I think it will be my slowest. I think the only marathon will that have been slower for me is the uh, the Disney marathon after I did the half marathon the day before. Yeah, so that's, especially coming off last year's great performance for yourself, definitely just enjoy it. You know you're not top form. You're not going to replicate or, or, or best your time from last year. So, but have a great time versus a, a fast time. Ah, I like that. Ooh, that does make sense. That's and for anybody time. who missed our last episode or doesn't know Billy, he had a sprained ankle and a baby this year. So that's what's keeping him a little bit slower than he might be used to. Yeah. I, I've actually managed to get training runs in during my lunch hour now. Oh, that's good. I, my ankle is still, I'd say, I, I had physical therapy today and I did a 10-mile run on Sunday. I'd say my ankle's at like 95%. Because I was definitely feeling fatigued in that ankle uh, in the last half of a 10-mile run. I, I thought I would do 20 miles. And I was like, oh, it's getting late because I was doing it Sunday night. And I decided, you know what, let's make this a 10-mile run instead. And after I finished, I was like, that that felt like a 20-mile run. Yeah. Um, we wanted to talk about, uh, you know, so we're talking about tapering. So we're, our volume is off. But, John, most of us, you know, do speed work once a week. Is there any kind of speed work we should do the last week or just totally give up that day? Yeah, if you're used to doing speed work throughout your training, um, you definitely should continue it. If you haven't done any speed work or any hill work or just just been doing runs, um, then definitely don't do it. But a lot of us have doing, you know, once a week we're doing hills or some type of interval work. Um, I think it's good to kind of keep on that kind of schedule. It does kind of get, um, you, you kind of can get stir crazy if you're just, taking days off or, or running a couple easy miles. So, but I do recommend, uh, you know, Tuesday might be a typical day or a Wednesday of that week. Do a interval workout, but the interval workout should be really easy. You might run one mile at marathon pace, which should be really easy. Finishing with four times a quarter faster than marathon pace, but not, you know, anything really aggressive. So you're still into that kind of routine of this is a normal week. Um, I always think it's fun to run faster um, I do I do know that people get stir crazy with bringing down the volume and the intensity. So to have a little bit of intensity there, just to sprinkle it in. Uh, so a couple of days later on race day, it's not three weeks since you've tested certain paces. But yeah. keep yeah. it really easy. If you're typically you're doing three or four miles or five miles like we did today in our workout, uh, you definitely want to do one to two miles of that. Just like every all your miles all right. is coming down, your long runs are coming down. Your interval volume should come down, and the intensity should as well get lessened. Now, speaking of uh, speed work, you guys did Yasso 800s this week. That's a type of speed work, right? Um, now, what what are Yasso 800s? Because in First my all, mind, who it's, is Yasso? Well, hold on, because in my okay. mind, Yasso 800s sound like uh, half of an outcast tribute band that only plays weddings. It, I think uh, Bart Yasso might uh, do some wedding singing. I spent oh. the whole weekend with him at the, uh, the Runners World Half Festival oh, in yeah? Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, where actually he's from. He's from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. So was Wally Buck, which is that's where we did the beer. I mean, those are the two most famous. Yeah, Wally Buck. Those are the two most famous people to ever come from any Bethlehem, yes. as far as I know. <laughs> the steel stacks were there. It was beautiful. Uh, we had a pop up NP workout there. 
But Bart uh, came up with a formula that if you run 10 times 800 meters and then you take the amount of time it takes you to run those intervals, that's you'd replicate that in your rest. So if you run four minutes for the 800 meters, you run you wait four minutes as your rest and you do that 10 times and whatever you average should, is a very fair predictor of what you could do in a marathon on race day. Now, so not- your your minutes and seconds turns into hours and minutes. Nah. So if I did mine at 3.42, 3 minutes and 42 seconds was my average, then I should be able to run the marathon in 3 hours and 42 minutes. Fascinating. Which not knowing the, not knowing the course and the, and the weather. Definitely faster than it's going to be. Yeah. But. So it's just a general guide. And again, I was talking to Brian today about this. If you're someone who's running 2.30 – for the half, and you you know you're only doing two and a half minutes rest, that'll be a lot quicker than if you're doing five hours, and so you're running five minutes with five minutes rest. So then you might it's a kind of a blanket rule of thumb. Yeah, on and any time you're doing five minutes of rest in between, it's going to throw you off a little bit. Right. So it's just a you know common workout that people will do. I don't know if it would do it week. Definitely would do it week of. Uh, we did it today um, just to kind of play around with it, but it's a good indicator, uh, at least according to Bart, that's worked for him in the past, and he's big proponent of it since it's named after him. I think he gave, must have given approval for that. Yeah. If, if anybody was wondering what the other half of that Outcast tribute band would be, it'd be Lil Girl. That, that sounds, that sounds still great. Don't Are they the one of the bands? Are they one of the 165 bands on the course? <laughs> oh, I wish. Oh, man. I can't <laughs> I, wait to talk wait about to, those. I can't wait to run past Yasso 800 and Lil Girl. They probably... Uh, they probably wouldn't go well together. It outtake. Be, yeah. The Outcast cover band. Sure. Um, what about strength workouts? Because I don't do as much as they say you're supposed to, or cross training of any kind. Um, and I always worry, especially you know, trying to add a lot of volume throughout the training season. Um, you know, I worry about doing too many squats because then my legs are going to be sore when I try to go out to run the next day. So in the next week and a half, what kind of cross training, strength, anything that aside from what a normal schedule might? Yeah, say. it's similar to the uh, answer I gave with the intervals. If you're used to doing that, you should still do some of it, but less of it. So don't start doing strength training the next week and a half. Sure. But if you are typically doing three sets of 10 push-ups and some ab work, ab work you probably can continue to do full on because it's it's not it's not as crucial. Lunges, anything with your legs, you yeah. probably can skip okay. because you're trying to get your legs back underneath you for race day. But as far as upper body and core, you probably can maybe take a little bit off of the volume you were doing. And just as far as a complete rest overall, you're trying to get extra rest, eat well, uh, get your body back until you know full capacity. But uh, definitely don't add things that you haven't done. And if you're doing any types of legs, I would eliminate the leg work uh, that not that the, week. Not the week to take up kickboxing. Probably not. Maybe okay. a Nintendo. Was there a Nintendo <laughs> kickboxing? I'm sure there was. Uh, maybe Atari. I'm dating myself. Well, you don't want to. You don't want to hurt your thumbs on those video games because then you can't tear open your gels. Well, you do I, do I tear open my gels with my teeth. With your teeth. Yeah. Not the foil packaging just annoys my teeth. I don't. Oh like really? It. I just can't ever seem yeah. to get it off with my my fingers. Yeah. And uh, then I I typically have gloves, especially when I'm running yeah. in a fall race. Or sweaty fingers. All so these butter fingers. So many pitfalls. Plus, then it feels like you're about to throw a grenade. Ah. And the and the power it just takes Billy back. And the power. Yes, back to my World War II days. Uh, hashtag Billy is old. Um, but, John, you mentioned uh, eating right. 
So carbo loading. I'm supposed to just eat as many donuts as possible for the next. Not two just weeks. donuts. Donuts have soft pretzels, starch, too. and sugar. Those are all. Yeah, it's carbs. kind of like the, the and uh, beer. The Office carbs. episode with Michael Scott is they're running a 5K. To, oh, to, that's to five thousand miles, right? To, to, yeah, to to uh, <laughs> that was the joke in that episode. <laughs> to, to uh, cure rabies, which is I guess already <laughs> cured. Um, but they were trying to. He was eating fettuccine Alfredo like five seconds before the race, and then didn't yeah. very didn't work out very well for him. But yes, the number one question I get at the expo is what do i need eat the night before or what do i eat the morning of and the really, all the pasta the really boring answer is eat what you always eat yeah there's nothing new in race day nothing new in race week <laughs> all you the don't pasta. have to change there's no magic formula that all of a sudden you're going to institute uh you might want to get some extra carbs in that week mm-hmm. um but you're also coming off your taper which you're actually you need you're burning less calories right. some people actually will gain weight before the marathon because their volume is cut in half but they don't change their intake because they're so used to like having whatever they want after a 20-mile run, but then they only run five miles. Oh, yeah, during marathon uh, training season, I, I'm just constantly hungry. You know, it's like, Yeah, you know, me I'll, too. And I'll, during the off-season, I'm just constantly <laughs> hungry. Like, I'll, during the race, I'm hungry. Like yeah. eat breakfast and then still want food like a half hour later. Yeah, so you often will still kind of have those cravings even though you're burning less <clears> calories. It's more just kind of nature of the, the, the habits you've created. But I feel like my, my, my big thing uh, for pre-race carb loading is to not go out to a restaurant the night before because you don't want to have to deal with slow service or if they put something like in the pasta sauce that doesn't agree with you, you don't want that the next day. Yeah, personally, stay away from red sauces because that's where I get heartburn from, from all the tomato acid. Oh, interesting. So that's something I've noticed that I don't know if it's 100% correlation, but I feel like I've noticed it. In just regular runs. Oh, I could I, just be eating three slices of pizza the night before, but you know. So I don't personally, think I can't stay away from red sauce. I don't know. <laughs> so the the buttery sauces. Are but I do okay. agree with. Uh, I know some of these bigger marathons. There's a big pasta dinner, which is yeah. great. It's part of the event. But but the whole week it, it, it used to be like to a be. week of carbo loading, and now we say that that's not necessary yeah, just or do, doesn't do anything. Really, just do what you're doing and have been doing, and maybe a little bit more. Focus on hydrating and rest, and maybe so do some eat more donuts carbs. with every meal then. Yeah, okay, well, so eat as many donuts as possible. Yeah, All right, good. I know we have several listeners who are going to be very happy to hear that. Big big donut of, and for the morning of, I think uh, it was Coach Steve at Roadrunners who said you need about two hours to digest. So make sure that you know two hours beforehand is when you eat your, which usually isn't a problem with the transportation. Yeah, and again, that's obviously like kind of a blanket rule, and some people yeah, have of course, metabolisms yeah. that are different or faster or slower. So yeah, whatever kind of that bigger thing is with if race. We'll probably get to it later. With race morning and when to eat, yeah. it's typically tough to eat exactly when you want to eat uh, because you have to leave so early. Right. And, but that's something with, which is you can just bring that stuff with you and still eat it two hours before, even though you're leaving your house maybe. Three and hours another, or four I mean, hours. there's a lot of stuff that I don't really do different for a marathon versus a half marathon, which I would assume most people running a marathon have done. I morning of I usually bring a, a salt bagel. And uh, like a 32-ounce Gatorade with me to eat on the way to the ferry and on the ferry. With John Massey or? <laughs> no. Uh, John Massey, I thought, is personally driving you to the yeah, marathon start line. Yeah, I, was, I actually did a panel last night at finish line. And um, the moderator, Earl, was talking about, you know, this is a marathon, but it's, it should be no different than your last long run. It's six more miles, but you don't have to dress differently. You don't have to wear different shoes. You don't have to eat some special meal. You and just, it's not like if you eat a little bit extra three hours earlier, right. it's going to change that last six miles yeah. for you. It's really more about worrying about cramping. It, it's really just a long run that's going to be you're pretty, pretty, pretty tired at the end. So it shouldn't be much different as the prep and the execution 
as your one of your two or three longest runs prior Pretty to tired it. at the end. This guy's a jerk. I want to die at the end <laughs> yeah, of the marathon. Well, during the last couple of miles, you do as <laughs> yeah. well sometimes. But. Well, I mean, you know, I ran the Hamptons Marathon last month, and, you know, I didn't race it all out. And so at my easy pace, it's still a marathon. Right. It still hurts at the end. You know, you get to 20 miles, and you're like, why am I doing this? Even yeah, if you're I, not I, racing I, all out. I so. typically will pace someone, and um, I have the same feeling. I could get a blister. I'm, you know, mile 15. I'm going up to 15th Street Bridge. There's, doesn't make it easier. It's still yeah. a hill. It's still a bridge at mile 15. So it's, even if you're running slower paces, you're right. It's still a marathon. So Billy, even though you're running a slower pace than last year, it's still a marathon. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> that, that's where all the panic and anxiety is coming from. And you're going to be on your feet longer. Like I always think that running slow like me is harder than running fast because I'm on my feet longer. Yeah. So it's a, it's, it's a better achievement, funny. right? Yeah, because uh, every like every year that Brian and I run the marathon, he'll usually start running again like a week or a week and a half before I do. And I'm like, how do you even want to run? My legs are still in open revolt. He's like, that doesn't make any sense. You know, I was on my feet longer. And I was like, yeah. My, my yeah, I must have worked like harder, spin. right? I was doing it longer. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And the guy who's like walking the whole way is 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 working the hardest. Although to be out there for like eight or nine hours, yeah, I can't that's, even imagine that. Yeah, I still don't know how ultra marathoners just are doing it that long. Like, yeah, well, just, the thing is, I that in Chicago a couple of years ago. I ran and it was a little bit sick beforehand. I knew I was running New York three weeks you later. You ran to Chicago, or you ran in Chicago? In Chicago. Okay. And about that's mile twenty-two, I had some. Uh, Issues where I just had to like stop and regroup and picked up a can of Coke on the side of the road and drank stop that. Stop and regroup. The issues you had was this a porta potty thing? It was not actually. <laughs> it was just the fact. That actually, I had got bronchitis mm-hmm. and my body was just kind of done running at three hour pace. So I decided to walk. Found a can of Coke on the side of the road, which was unopened. So I drank it. And I literally... you drank a can of Coke you found on the side of the yeah. road. Yeah, like yeah. in the gutter. No, it was just like yeah, I do that like every. There was a group there that was sometimes out it turns stuff. out it's not a can of coke; it's like a safe that's yeah. hiding something inside of it. But my, my <laughs> oh, was it one of those coke safes? You know? Yeah, a coke safe. It's the, all the rage. <laughs> and, and it had did a bottle of whiskey inside. Did you, did you yeah, drink wish. documents? I, I did not. But uh, I, at that point, you're, you're so tired, and you're you're just you just I'll do what I just need something. But I walked about two miles. Wait, you became a hobo. Yeah. <laughs> I took a nap. You know, like, like, did you have a cardboard over your shoulder? Shopping you, cart before you were coached down. You were a hobo, John. Yeah, I wear many different hats. But I walked two miles, and then I felt better, and then I jogged in two miles. And it was almost like basically cooling down from my 22-mile run. At what point did you hop on a boxcar? Um, probably every other mile prior to the mile 20. But my point is the next day my legs felt the best they've ever felt after a marathon. Ah. But I, I literally ran 22, walked two, and then jogged two. So I actually my walk two-mile walk and then my two miles after that jog – was a recovery from a 22-mile long run mm. versus a 26-mile. So your point about being on your feet longer, um, the fact that I was able to regroup allowed me to, I guess my legs were more recovered than I would have if I'd run the whole thing. Yeah. And yeah. remember, it's if, you know, if you have problems during the race, you know, unless you're severely injured and have to quit, everybody gets – well, not everybody, the first couple people, but everybody else gets the same medal. So right. yeah. you know, and, if you don't hit your goal, yeah. don't kill yourself. Get out there and do whatever you can. Plus, there's so many marathons every year. Yeah. You want to train for another one? Definitely have your A, B, C, D goals. Right. 
Uh, speaking of taper week, uh, taper time, if it's two or three weeks. Taper uh, tots? Ta- taper. I love taper tots. I like taper time. That should be a, a segment on this show. Taper time. Tool time? Yeah. Well, I forget the it. The last now. five minutes of every episode? <laughs> oh, we're tapering down the episode? I like yeah. this. I think we're into taper time for this episode. Write this down. Um, so there are a lot of events planned in the week or two before the marathon. A lot of a lot of running stores are hosting group runs. Nike's doing the last 10 miles the this the Saturday or a week before the marathon. I'm doing one with Lululemon on Sunday. Okay, you're doing one with Lululemon on Sunday. Jack Rabbit has a lot of events planned. Like you can run with Meb for a 5K, run with some other runners. Just dash to the finish that Rubber puts on. It's yeah. a 5K on the Saturday before. So my question is, there, there's all these cool events, and like my anxiety level is like I want to avoid every one of them because I feel like if you sign up for too many, you're going to burn yourself out before you even get to the start line. No, I'm going to do a shakeout run every single day. <laughs> I'm going to do a morning shakeout run and an evening shakeout run. My marathon will be considered a shakeout, shakeout pace. Nice. So, but, but yeah, there is. I mean, there's physical energy of doing those, but it's also the mental energy you use of having to schedule all these. And you obviously, have, especially if you're in town, if, you're if in you town, don't live in town. Well, if you don't live in town, it might be a little easier. But if you're like us, you have jobs. Well, right. well I don't. It's true. But, um, there's, you know, you're still doing your regular routine, violets, you know, still have to get up in the morning and get changed and get fed. So you don't want to add all these things to your agenda. Some of them are cool. Maybe pick one or two that you're like, wow, I really want to run with Meb or I really want to run with John Hunter camp on the t- last 10 miles of that Sunday. Done it before. Um, it's all right. been there, done that. <laughs> but it, yeah, it is something where it get pretty, get, get pretty overwhelming. Even the expo, which we'll talk about is, can be overwhelming. So you definitely want to kind of focus all your energy for race day Still allow yourself to have fun and maybe pick one or two of those cool things to do. Some of them might be podcasts that are live, you know, Facebook Live. You can tune in from your apartment where you're not on your feet and you're relaxing. And so there's definitely things to to enjoy, but you definitely you definitely don't do all of it because you'll get the race day and you'll have less in the tank than you you, you than you, you should, and that could really hurt your last couple of miles. Right. But you're already in a world of hurt anyway. Sometimes so. Oh yeah, that when when we're entering Central Park, like I hate everything i i hate me i hate the sport of running i hate I really hate god for allowing running and the marathon to exist i hate the spectators like until just, this year that's how i was every single run so, <laughs> so you've you got way. a little advantage so I, I just i has been i turned into a good br- year i turned into brian this is what you regret putting billy on your shirt and your singlet and it's I, like stop calling my name I'm, there, I, there was I'm one not year bly. there was <laughs> not lie why do these letters keep falling well, off that's, that's why you iron them on at least, um, at least I went from Brian to Ryan at the first, and yeah, then, Ryan then it just all. Well, then it Billy, all it's like, come on, away. silly, you can do it, and you're like, oh, wait, how did I get an S added? <laughs> I don't know. I don't the know. B somebody, kind of fell off. somebody from uh, in the front B, of you, Sam's S fell off, and yeah. like, uh, this is why you. Uh, here's a race tip. Um, I'm someone who has taped on my letters before. Uh, I will say this: get a race shirt that you're comfortable in for long distances. Iron on those letters. Yes. They will not fall off, and then you will have a marathon shirt to wear every year. So what kind of uh, – what are the letters made of? Oh, uh, I you, use, like, buy iron-on stuff? Yeah, I buy the uh, elbow patches that you would use on, like, a tweed sport coat um, and then cut those into letters. So I should buy a leather jacket, cut out some leather strips. No, not leather patches. Oh, uh, okay. Get fabric ones. All right. Uh, leather is just going to make you sweat more. Yeah. You don't want, you don't want to have that. like your name in big le- letter leather letters. 
All right, so that's now large leather letters. Say that. That's a great times. look. Actually, that's a new, new trend. <laughs> yeah. I think we just created. Right. Yeah, but if you're gonna do that though, buy some extra leather and have like some fringe coming off your race shirt sleeve, Ooh. like your singlet, like under. So you're saying hood. definitely fringe. Oh, all the fringe, fringe everything. And of course, a, don't wait till the night everything. before the marathon to do this, which I always do. Oh yeah, practice. You know, yeah, nothing to race day. So do the fringe yeah. now. You have ten days. Do the fringe now. And, uh, you know, when you spread your arms and you're running and the fringe just fringe goes Friday. Wait till Friday, you. practicing on fringe Friday. Fringe Friday. Friday. Yeah. Hashtag, yeah. Uh, we should have an event, Fringe Friday. Well, I think there is probably already an event. There's so many events that you just yeah, talked about. that I'm sure there's already a Fringe Friday. We'll steal it. We'll collaborate. We'll join forces. Mm-hmm. Get yeah. your friend John. But the one we have to talk about is the official Marathon Expo, which runs from Thursday. Thursday. Yep. Thursday yes, until Friday and Saturday. Confidence, Brian. Thursday. Yeah. It runs from Thursday. We can edit this, right? To Saturday, not until yes. Sunday. Thursday to Saturday. You cannot pick up Again, your this is on one Sunday. race where you cannot pick up day of. And you which you should have gotten have enough some, emails. You can't have someone pick up for you. You have to pick up yourself. Yes. And and they are hardcore about it. because uh, you have to show your driver's license or your passport when you go pick up your and mine says William Hennahan. I go by Billy Hennahan. And they're like, Oh, this isn't you. Uh you're William. And I've had this happen a couple of times now, and I'm like, Yeah, well Billy is short for William. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you talking what? about? And I was like, well, you know, Bill Clinton, former president. Bill, you know, his full name is William Jefferson Clinton. And they're like, no, I'm like, going to have to. your middle name is Jefferson? Yeah. Like, no, no. <laughs> like, it says Anthony here. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's definitely, um, it's more of a, a safety thing where you, we want to make sure everyone has their the right bib. And, no, Billy yeah. is short for William, John. That's true. That's true. That's, well, it's, it is safer. It's you know, easier to say Billy than William. Yeah. Really, he just didn't want to put that many letters across his chest. Mm. That's a lot of elbow patches he has to, to be, buy. It's a lot of elbow patches that the letters would have to be smaller and le- to fit. A lot of leather infringing going on. Yeah. Um, oh, and speaking of, uh, just going back to mile 22 for a second when I hate everybody, somebody did call my name, and I had my headphones in, but my phone was dead. So I totally heard them call my name, and I just kept running without looking at them. And I heard her friend say, oh, he couldn't hear you. He has headphones in. I'm like, I heard you. I hate you. I hate everyone. I hate you. <laughs> it's weird that you stopped, took your headphones out, <laughs> turned around. You really could have run like three minutes faster if you just kept your momentum going. Maybe. But, I mean, sometimes venting just is worth it. Uh, what do you guys, uh, what are your must-do activities at the expo? Uh, pick up your bib. Okay, that's what I usually remember. Um, Because there's a lot of stuff going on. It's in the Javits Center again this year, I assume. And there's actually a lot of stuff. Last year, there's the seven train that goes to Hudson Yards. That's true. The seven train will let you off if you take the seven train to the end of the line. Which is where the sneak preview, which is where the November Project workout this Friday will be, which we'll know tomorrow anyway. So you uh, you get off. Uh, right across the street from the Javits. Yeah, it used basically. to be a lot more difficult when, before yeah. that station oh, you, was open. Yeah. You have to trek over from 8th Avenue. Yeah, There's always construction yeah. in that long, long walk. But it was beautiful, very easy la- uh, last year. This year, it would be more beautified and just as easy. Yeah. Um, but the uh, thing with the expos is there's a lot of exhibitors, a lot of excitement, a lot of booths. There's some entertainment. There's different products to get. So if you need gels and goos, and typically that's where you can get them if you don't have them already. Um, you don't want to spend hours there because I guess you're on your feet right? and you want to save those legs, uh, for the race day. But there is something known as the NYR running lab, which I helped create. Yeah. I love Ooh. watching coach down talk. At the so end. there's course strategy, which is a, about, you know, a 30 to 40 minute segment. You can sit on the ground or a chair. So you're off your feet and we'll go kind of almost mile by mile throughout the, um, the course to I mean, show you. You could just listen to our podcast next Monday and, right. you'll, and you'll hear so, that also. But let's do all, do all. But of it. if you want like a, Fully 
Sixth Sense experience. And if you want to see John in a lab coat, sense. yeah, lab coat is is, is, is sexy. Um, there's also our pace teams are there. You get your pace bands all free. And there's also a race predictor, which is also on the app. But if you want to have a, a coach there live helping you walk you through the race predictor. But there's a couple different activations in the New York Roadrunners Running Lab, which I think is worth attending. Um, there's also a nice customer service area if you're concerned about your travel plans for that race morning or if there's a race question. Yeah, yeah. Those, that's the great, the best place to do it because all the staff is there on site. Um, so those are things that you definitely want to kind of hit if, if, if um, you're concerned about the course or logistics. And then the other things I think is almost just fluff. You, there also is a nice merchandise area. You get the official race jacket or, or gloves, which is key. Yeah. Um, do we get a commission from any of this? Oh, yeah. No? Okay. Nothing. All right. Not a penny. 3%. Oh, in that case, wait until the week after when yeah, it all goes on sale. 50% off. If you, actually, if you wait until – it's usually like right – I guess right around Black Friday seems to be when uh, all the marathon gear goes half price. If there's sizes left. That is true. So if you is the risk. Yeah. And I, I will say those those jackets seem to be cut large. So if you're regularly a medium, you know, aim for a small. Um, the other thing <clears throat> which you should do but limit yourself is I learned one year Gatorade, usually Power Bar, they have a lot of their gels and their chews. All of them. All of them. On sa- or all on of them. Free. Freebies. Yeah. All for free. All for me. And uh, I love it. I don't know. I'm. Belly full of protein, not necessarily the thing you want, especially if you don't go until Saturday. Don't do that. Go, go, Thursday go Thursday and get all the samples. Try a couple of them. All of them. And uh, especially if you're planning on like you know doing a couple mile run afterwards, probably a belly full of protein is a weird way I, to go. I, I, I try all of them, and I try all of them every year. And the Gatorade protein bars are always nasty. And yet every year, maybe this year they'll try them again. I'm gonna try them again, and then, like I go into it knowing they're gonna be nasty. Maybe like the the email I sent to them about saying why they're it's nasty. Yeah. They, they probably listened to it and changed yeah. their formula. And uh, my favorite brand is Huma, which I don't know if they're at the expo, but definitely are the ones that are easiest on my stomach. And this podcast is brought to you by Huma. Oh my God! Please, please, please sponsor us. Please sponsor yeah, us. Or send us cases of lemonade flavor. And Huma, if you're not listening, Honey Stinger. Oh, <laughs> Honey Stinger, good. Honey stuff. Stinger is my second favorite after Huma. It, Huma's Shop locks coming at you. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> they'll stay in your teeth for an extra three the, miles. The, the easiestly the worst for me are the Power Bar gels. They're just like, it's like sipping on battery acid. See, well, that's I on don't the mind course. Them. Mostly because really they're on hey, the course. We're not sponsored can, by New York Roadrunners. And I can grab them for free. Yes. And it, But it's a good point. Though, you know, I'm just used to it. They're, whatever, but, nothing new on race day. So whatever you've ever you've yeah. trained in, you yeah. use on race day, even if you have to bring that product with you. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't, you know, obviously there's some product out there on the course, but. Yeah. But most of the big ones, they do sell them at the expo. So if you're traveling and you forget them, you can get them last minute. And they usually have more flavors. Like Power Bar definitely has flavors I had never seen anywhere else. Mm. And, and another recommendation about the expo is if you can, your local, go Thursday versus Saturday. Hell yeah. Yes. Just because it gets busier each day. And as other towners come into town, whether they're from across the land of the United States or the globe, um, you have the advantage of being local, and Thursday would be a less chaotic uh, experience. We'll still be doing course strategies every hour, all through days. But and it is fun to see runners from I think we have what four hundred fifty different countries, like a so, thousand countries, yeah, like, I think. A, like two thousand different countries. States, I think I think like probably pushing three digits in states. Yeah. So so, but uh, it and, is but no, but and it from is, both Canadian talking, provinces. Yeah, we're, sure. we're emphasizing like in and out of the expo. Don't rush through it because there's a lot of photo ops there, and it's 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 fun and take it all in. 
Just don't get yeah, stuck. give yourself some time, don't, but don't, don't give check, yourself three check hours. Check out John's Running Lab. Running Lab is you can throw, you can heckle me, ask questions about. Make sure you find the tip jar, and if there's not a tip jar in front of him, make a tip jar, yeah. bring a tip jar, put some money in. Just keep yelling how much you love him on Run Chat podcast. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. We're up to about eight eight viewers now. Whoa! Ooh. I like how we all wait. Is at that the live? <laughs> you looked like you were pointing at something. We're up to thirty-one viewers. Oh, that's minutes. That's minutes. That's minutes. We're up to thirty-two right. Massies. I think we're uh, thirty-two. I think we're actually up to, uh, up to Saturday night before the marathon, so it might be time to give this a rest and come back on Monday and talk about what to do during the day. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. We have to rest up for that podcast. All right. So everyone, have a good final long run this weekend. What, about 10 miles is probably good for Saturday? Again, uh, just Saturday and Sunday here. If you're in New York, we have uh, two opportunities around 8 o'clock in the morning to run the last 10 of the course with baggage. So... Uh, there's one with Jackrabbit and, and Nike Run Club Some on Saturday. Some of us have baggage all the we time. We all have baggage. And Sunday at 8 o'clock at 60th and 1st, um, myself and my friend Danny will be leading a, the last 10 miles, and there'll be baggage and a little snacks at Lululemon afterwards. But um, if you can't do one of those, I would say 8 to 10 miles is all you really need. Try to wear the race gear, shoes included. So Assuming then, you're going to do laundry in the next week. Oh, that's, yeah, key, good point. But just do a little dress rehearsal, even though you're not doing 26.2 miles. Try to replicate uh, the following week. So there, if there's any snafus or things that come up, you can address them in the, in the remaining week. So you know week. where you're going to chafe. Oh, yeah. You do not want to find out on marathon day that your shorts make you chafe in a certain place. Yeah. Because that is going to be painful Hopefully for the It's sort of been battle-tested, but yeah. one last Hopefully chance. Hopefully you wore it on your 20-mile run. Yeah. But for now, even just you, – you, this could be interesting where if you have to get up at – Five in the morning to get your six thirty bus. Um, you could practice doing that. It might seem like overkill, but some folks like myself that are a little more type A, you can rep- you can replicate what you're going to do as far as getting up, making sure that alarm works, um, and um, you're ready to go for race day. But yeah, you have a week to go. Work is in the hay is in the barn, like we like to say, <laughs> or it's not in the barn. You can't put it in the barn this week. So just kind of change your goal if you're. Not prepared as you'd like. The hay's bailed. The hay's it's not bailed. yet in the barn. It's either bailed or it's in the barn. So okay. either way, you can't cram for race night. Right. Um, so, yeah, uh, please enjoy this week of tapering. And uh, while you wait Take for <laughs> and while you wait for our next episode, please run to wherever you get your podcast from and give us a five-star rating. Uh, this will help other people, to, uh, other runners find our podcast. And we will drop a new episode on Monday, so we'll have all week to figure out our course strategy, our advice for what to do before the race, after the race, and we will metaphorically see you then. Later. Bye, everyone.